Welcome to the Occult London podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, the Kabbalah, as well as other topics of interest. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes, as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also, be sure to visit our website at www.occultlondon.co.uk, where you can subscribe to the show. If anyone has any questions for me, then I'd love to hear from them. So please reach out via Facebook or an email, as I'd love to answer any questions you may have about the topics we discuss. You can find my Facebook on the show notes, or alternatively email me at occultlondonpodcast at gmail.com. In today's episode, we will be discussing the middle pillar exercise in the context of the Western mystery tradition. As we've discussed over the last couple of episodes on energy work and the chakras, there's been a lot of discussion about differences between the chakras as opposed to the tree of life system and what these differences are. Personally, I think we are talking about the same thing, but really sort of different approaches um, to energy work and kind of using this natural energy within ourselves as a kind of connection to this greater energy within the universe. The personal technique I tend to use most is a technique called the middle pillar exercise, which has been part of the Western mystery tradition for many years. Um, John Michael Greer I think sums it up very well with the following quote, which I wanted to start the episode with when he says the following. It may be useful here to turn to a different perspective on these matters. Some magical writings from the Renaissance liken the human body to the string of a musical instrument, which can be pressed against the fretboard at different places to make different notes. No one combination of these notes is the right one. For every kind of music, major scales, minor scales, blues scales and the traditional modes use each of the possible notes and leave others out. In the same way, the energies coursing through the human body can be focused or fretted at many different points and each combination of points has different uses and different effects. If the music you have in mind comes from oriental martial arts traditions, the energy centre you'd want to use is the hara or tan tien, two inches below the navel. If you would rather practice tantra, it works better to tune the instrument of yourself to what might be called the chakra scale. If your goal is the mystery of the cabalistic magic of the golden dawn, you'll want to tune to a different set of notes, the five centres of the middle pillar. And that's a quote by John Michael Greer from his book, circles of power I believe. So let's just quickly talk about the middle pillar and what it is and a bit of background. The technique itself um, is difficult to really ascertain the, the kind of true origins and history of it however it's likely that it originates from a document that belonged to the Stella Matutina which was a golden dawn descendant group and it was later devised into a powerful ritual by Dr. Francis Israel Regardi. The technique basically involves visualising the central sphere of the tree of life while also establishing them in the body as points of energy through the vibration of different god names. 
In the Golden Dawn's ritual for self-development, the middle pillar is used when the adept asks God to enable the archangel Metatron to bring the divine influx to the base of the pillar and to rend away the veils of darkness from my mortal vision to enable attainment to the eternal glory. The technique is and has always been considered more than an exercise in creative visualization because if you perform it well you'll find that it brings about very kind of powerful relaxation within your body as well as like this kind of very connection with this deep inner force which I think is what Gerald Suster described as installing within oneself a deepening ecstasy of being. Following the Golden Dawn, it was brought to prominence by Israel Regarde in the early part of the 20th century. Just to give a bit of background on Regarde, if people aren't familiar with him, he was a student and secretary of the magician Alistair Crowley and was also a therapist trained in Freudian analysis. Wilhelm Reich and chiropractic medicine and he was also part of the Order of the Golden Dawn and combined a lot of his ideas with magic and therapy together. It's Rigardi really who takes this basic middle pillar technique and expands it out into the full-blown methods we know today. His first book to explore this topic was The Art of True Healing which was published in 1933 and also in 1938 he published The Middle Pillar which is an excellent book where it kind of expands on the basic ideas from The Art of True Healing and also brings in other influences to do with like Freudian and Jungian psychology and also Chinese meditation practices involving um, circulation of qi and also this sort of psycho-physical energy from um, Wilhelm Reich and his translation of The Secret of the Golden Flower, which um, had a commentary by Carl Jung in it. Since that time, um, the exercise has been adapted and altered a great many times and used for lots of different lots of different uh, techniques really so um, it's really a kind of mainstay of the sort of western tradition of magic and it's often one of the first techniques you'll learn when you join um, you know certain orders or if you buy a book on magic it's often included in there at the beginning I personally think it seems to be brushed over by a lot of students and they, they kind of have a go at it and then they won't do it um, personally I find it is probably the most important thing that I've ever learnt within the magical tradition and it really enhances your life if you kind of practice this on a on a daily basis. Regardi described the technique as follows. The secret of wisdom can be discerned only from the place of balanced power. That is, from between the two temple pillars. Poise at a third point, which neutralises to some extent the violence of the swing of the psychic pendulum from one extreme to the other, is the result of cultivating equanimity representing an equal capacity to be either at rest or active, interested or withdrawn at will, and not from emotional compulsion. And that's from Israel Regardi, the middle pillar. Regardi also describes the technique as, to my mind, the exercise described as the middle pillar is the groundwork of all actual developmental work. It is a process which is the basis of magic. 
The central pillar maintains the balance between the pillar of mercy and the pillar of severity, and it consists of four sephiroth along with a hidden sephira, which is known as dart. If people aren't too familiar with what I'm talking about here, then please go back and, you know, we recorded a whole series on the different sephiroth of the tree of life, so um, it's worth having listened to those if you're interested in finding out more or you can also find out you know a lot of information about this stuff on the internet if you just do a quick google the order of the sephiroth from top to bottom is keta dart tiferet yesod and malkut and it basically represents this descent of light from the infinite unity of god all the way to the kind of diversity of malkut where our physical world is located Um, through this exercise we are essentially building a pillar of divine light within our being Um, as it says in revelations i will make the victor a pillar in the temple of my god and he shall go out no more and i will write upon him the name of my god and the name of the city of my god which is new jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from my god and i will write upon him my new name and that's Revelations 3.12. So, you know, in that quote, we see this idea of this building, this temple, and building this pillar of light. And that's very much what we become when we do this exercise. The model of the technique is primarily based on the concept of creation that's outlined in the Tree of Life. So as we saw in previous episodes discussing the, um, the Sephiroth, we go from the Absolute, which is the Ein Sof or through a series of expansions and contractions which establish the beginning of creation. Um, the first word, world sorry, is the kind of subtle and the, the state closest to non-existence, which is known as Atziluth, and that's the, the world of fire because you've got this kind of uncontrollable and original source of energy, so it's explosive um, energy. The next world it goes into is the world of Bria, which is the world of archetypes and forms. And if we look at the Tetragrammaton, that would that would correspond to uh, the letter Hay. We then go down into the world of Yetzirah, which is the water world. This is the world of the emotions, the psychic energy that's immediately above the world of our current existence. And then the final world is the world of the earth and the solid material world. And... Um, the reason I'm bringing these the four worlds up is because that is very much the model that we would kind of follow um, with regards to the the middle pillar in terms of this descent of fire right the way down through the being and then down to earth and then up. So it's very much this kind of alchemical transformative exercise. And this is something that Mark Stavish writes um, really excellently in one of his articles The purpose of this scheme is to show that creation occurs in increasingly dense levels of energy matter, from the most subtle or fire to the most dense or earth. Within this context of increasing intensity, there also arises a a series of ten planes or levels of consciousness, which combines with energy matter known as sephiroth or spheres of being. They occur in a pattern of unity, reflection, polarity, reflection, polarity, unity, reflection, polarity, unity, and finally materialization. The basic idea of unity, polarity, and reharmonizing 
is the basis of Kabbalistic and alchemical practices and is derived from the observations of nature. So what he's saying there is each world is essentially reflecting an either more solid or less solid of the world before it. However, since what we see in the mirror is only kind of a partial reflection, its reflection cannot be the truest reflection of what is above. So it's always going to be partly distorted. So that in the tree of life, the only sphere that are considered to be untouched by this are the the four central Sephiroth, because they kind of have this ability to harmonise and reflect the total energies of all the aspects of creation around them. As we've seen before and as we discussed in our episode on the lightning flash, the process of creation zigzagging down the tree is called the path of the lightning flash and this is a representation of this kind of embodiment of pure divine power um, flashing down through our being into earth. The path of return back up the tree is known as the path of the serpent, which obviously has connections with the you know what we were discussing in terms of the kundalini power and i'm just quote from genesis here as well so he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of eden cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life genesis three twenty four. The, tri- the middle pillar exercise is much more than an exercise. Um, as we said, it obviously brings about these very kind of powerful transformations in ourself and very much kind of uh, bringing this divine energy into our being, into the earth. And when we work with these kind of hermetic principles, one of the really important things is that the the physical body is more than physical flesh. Um, you know, science is beginning to see that there are more kind of deeper rhythms and patterns within our being um and this is obviously very relevant in terms of the the middle pillar because it's harmonizing this kind of auric field around us but also bringing more energy into us and connecting us more wholly with the earth that we stand on um through this power of invoking the powers from the different sephiroth into our aura we also are kind of harmonizing our being um and centralizing it with these this pure balanced pillar and once the techniques mastered and i will go into the practice the practical side of it in a in the next episode um you can also use it to do kind of healing or consecration consecration of talismans as well as you know, more kind of formal lodge magic and initiation techniques as well. Just to give a quick overview of the actual technique itself. So, and I will be going into this in more detail in a in a kind of guided version of this that will be coming up in the next episode. But in the basic technique, one would imagine a middle pillar above the centre of the body specifically the four Sephiroth of Keter, Tiferet, Yesod and Malkut, with the addition of Dart, which is a kind of conjunction of Hochma and Bina, um, which sits at the throat. And each sphere is called into power through the vibration of the god name of the sphere. The spheres are normally visualised as vortices of light, and you normally start with with white light when you're beginning out, and then you would normally, um, majority of people would tend to use the 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 queen scale when they're visualizing um the spheres um from that perspective 
the top um, Sephira, so that would be Keta, um, really represents this kind of ineffable divinity. So it's this kind of top power above ourselves that we're drawing down. The throat center represents knowledge, which is the, the hidden Sephira of Dart, the doorway to knowledge. The heart center, which should be Tiferet, is the love. It's also to do with the solar power, so the sun. The genital center would be Yesod, which is also the, the sphere of the moon. And then the feet is stability, and obviously grounding, and that's Melkut. Each sphere has five uh, divine names of God attributed to it. So there's, there's five names, one for each sphere. Um, these uh, do obviously originate from the Judeo-Christian traditions. However, they're not said in that context. Um, I like to think of them as being more kind of audible keys to the different parts of our being. Um, so they are a very important part of the ritual and should also be should be used um, if you want to get the best effects out of it and when we pronounce the divine names aloud it really kind of forges a link between our higher self or genius and the ego or the personality the goal of this is to foster self-realization in ourselves but also bring in a charge of powerful spiritual force which is realized in our consciousness so it's almost like a a very powerful self-initiation technique where we're bringing in this star of light from the highest heavens and dropping it down into our being and we're doing it through our willpower because we are magicians and that's how we can do things symbolically and in pictorial terms we're really kind of incarnating this divine power and I wanted to quote again from Mark Stavish on this um, because he's, he's described this very well. The theoretical basis of the middle pillar is that through imagination, breath and concentration, the psychic energy of creation, here principally Yetzira, can be directed, allowing for a purification of the vital energy that holds the secret fire in check. As our psychic centers are cleansed of emotional, moral and materialistic residue, they better reflect the cosmic energy that works through them. Through its pre-described pattern of circulating the energy, the middle pillar assists in smoothing out the edges of our aura, as well as increasing the flow of energy in general directions, so that the psychic pathways, both large and small, can be purified and strengthened through an increase of vital energy. In terms of the actual practicalities, as I said, the spheres are normally visualized as, as white when you start out, but then you'd normally look to work with the queen color scale. So Keta would be white, Dart would be lavender, Tiferet would be gold, Yesot would be violet, and earth would be olive green or black. Um, <clears throat> it, the actual exercise itself consists of several different phases, which include um, visualization, breathing and vibration. And the vibration of the holy names is essential because it sort of reminds us. It's almost like ringing the doorbell within yourself uh, or you have the phone number or you have the piece of code that will unlock that particular section within your soul. So we're using that word, we would unlock things. 
Um, there's different phases. So the first phase is rhythmic breathing and relaxation. And we've covered that in one of our previous episodes. Um, so there's various different techniques where you can, you know, practice the fourfold breath, for instance, or, you know, other techniques just to get yourself into that meditative focused state. Then you would formulate the five centers through visualization. Regardi says that the psychic spheres should be imagined like large, clear, brilliant diamonds. Um <clears throat> and also when you've actually completed the exercise, you should imagine yourself as a brilliant diamond kind of radiating heat and light. So the first step is this breathing, relaxation, visualizing the spheres, and then you'd actually do this vibration of the respective God name um, for each sphere. And then the final part of it, once you've done that and built up all the God names, etc., was this is this what they call circulation of the force through the system, where you circulate the light through your being. And normally you would go down the left, up the right, and then down the front, up the back, and then down to the base, up in a fountain. And then also there's a spiral one to finish as well, which kind of encloses you in a in a snake-like bandage of light and as I said I will be going into a more practical example of this in the next episode so I'm, I'm going to record a a guided meditation version of this that people can listen to so that they can try and um, learn this technique themselves you'll find with regular practice that this um, really kind of helps you to find kind of balance and equilibrium yourself and in my personal experience, practicing the middle pillar technique every day really helps the magician to increase their ability to tolerate magical force, but it also provides a strong level of protection um, to yourself so you'll, you feel very balanced. And you, you'll also notice that if you do this a lot, sometimes you seem to be, people seem to be drawn to you for some reason, or they'll, they'll ask you, you know, to help with various problems and things like that. Um, so yeah, that's just a kind of rough overview of of what it what it really does um, from from that perspective, and it's obviously you know very different from the the chakra system um, from from that point of view um, because obviously we you know are bringing the light down from the top um, rather than seeing the energy is rising from the bottom. So that's one of the one of the differences, there's probably lots of other ones as well, which people know about. Um, Regardi says the following on that particular point, which I thought would be relevant to share this quote as well. The yoga technique commences its meditations from the lowest chakra and works upwards to the sahasara above the head. On the other hand, in the Western system, the middle pillar starts from the highest and works downwards. In a word, the Western ideal is not to escape from the body, but to become more involved, more and more in life, in order to experience it more adequately and to obtain a mastery over it. The ideal is to bring down Godhead so that one's manhood being enriched may thereby be assured into a Godhead. Always does this system begin from the real centre of working, the higher genius by which by definition, is in contact eternally with whatever infinite deity there may be. That is to say, through the Yechida, 
we have immediate access to all the dynamic inspiration and spiritual power of the collective unconscious. As we discussed in our um, episode on the chakras, there's quite a lot of debate how you can colorate the two systems, and I'm not sure it 100% works, to be honest, because it's very different. Um, but the, the one that Regardi normally sticks to, and I believe he got this from Crowley as well, is Keta would be the, the crown chakra. Um, you get the synthesis of Hochma and Bina, which would be the brow. The synthesis of Kesed and Gebru would be the throat, which would be dart. Uh, Tiferet would be the heart chakra. Synthesis of Netzach and Hod is the solar plexus. And then Yesod would be the abdomen chakra. And then Malkut would be the base chakra. So that's just a way that you could kind of correlate. And it's kind of the commonest system that people do. Um, as I said, I'm not 100% sure whether I 100% agree with that. But, um, you know, if, you, if you're interested, that's worth, uh, worth trying that out anyway. One thing that you will notice when you perform it is it really feels like you're clearing out the room and cleansing every aspect of yourself. So you'll find when you do do the middle pillar quite regularly that random thoughts will kind of come up and then they'll kind of be blown away. So it feels very much like a um, kind of exercise in spring cleaning and also sort of transforming this negative energy into us in, within ourselves into a positive light. With this in mind, I wanted to end the episode with a poem from the poet Rumi, which I think describes this process well, and it's called The Guest House. This being, human, is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome, and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sleep your house, empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honourably. She may be clearing you out for some new delight, the dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Thanks very much for joining us this week on the Occult London podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, as I said in the next episode I will be going into more detail on the practical elements of this particular exercise so hope people stay tuned to hear that episode if anyone has any any questions for me then please reach out via Facebook or an email I'd love to answer them my email is occultlondonpodcast at gmail.com also we'd really like to develop this further so we'd really appreciate it if you rate the show or leave a review on iTunes or on other platforms as this will mean more people can see it and hopefully get some value from it. Also, please make sure to visit our website at www.occultlondon.co.uk where you can subscribe to the show. Catch you all soon. Thank you very much. Sleeping through